welcome to The Intentional Dad, the podcast for men and their families on a journey to embrace and fulfill the promise of fatherhood. And today we have a podcast uh, with another very special guest. Um, As you know, our previous two podcasts were with my oldest son, Ben. And I've had another one in store that I've been very eager to get to. And my special guest this time is my daughter. And what makes this so, so special uh, to have my daughter with me today is we are literally on the eve of her own initiation. Uh, We are just days away, actually. And as part of getting ready for that big day, we have actually been spending a lot of time reminiscing, looking back, going over her story One, because a moment like this just inspires reminiscing. And two, it's been an important part of her own finishing experience, I guess you might say, to to look back and understand how God has been working over these last 10, well, more than 10 years. So uh, today we are going to reminisce. We're going to talk about what she has kind of discovered as we've looked back, and we'll get into all of that. But first, um, if you hear my voice and you're thinking, boy, he sounds sick, it's because I have been. Um, This has actually been a very difficult week um, because we have had a bug kind of run through our whole family. So I just wanted to put that on the table. If you're hearing mine and my daughter's voice and you're thinking, hmm, they don't sound so good, it's because we don't. So anyway, with that, um, we have a lot to, to cover today. I'm very excited to have this moment with my beautiful daughter, but let's just begin with her introduction. So this is my daughter, Ellie. Ellie, say hi. 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 So tell them a little bit about yourself, hon. Yes. Um, I'm studying at the University of Michigan, nursing in the fall, kind of in that transition period after initiation move in like four days later so or five days later it's a pretty quick turnaround yes so a lot of changes but exciting things yeah Yeah. i think it is it is a really exciting time and you know um probably a little anxiety that goes with it i'm gonna guess right Mm -hmm. as you kind of close the chapter of your years at home and you take those first steps out in the world on your own nursing tell tell everybody a little bit about what is behind your choice to pursue nursing? This is this is a good I glimpse like into question. yeah, it's a good <laughs> glimpse into into you. Cool. Yeah, I faced scoliosis as a kid, and um, in and out of hospitals with braces and nurses, and um, eventually I got to the point where I needed surgery, and many nurses were able to give me words of encouragement, really support me during that time. And I, I always looked up to them. What you're describing, of course, you know, your mother and I, we watched these beautiful people care for you, not just in a medical sense, but they really cared for your heart as uh, you were a little right. girl kind of going through all of those things. And <laughs> yes. here you are now setting out on the first steps of your career choice. And um, as you look back, you kind of made a connection as I'd like to do the same thing for others. I'd like to be right. there in the way that they were for me. Right. Um, says a lot about you. And 
we will unpack all of that. But I, I just uh, <laughs> yeah, there's I just, a lot of layers. <laughs> yeah, there, <laughs> there is a lot. Um, and so that's kind of the bookend. Right. So here we are. That's the next chapter of your life. Um, right. Vocationally, anyway. Um, spiritually, the very next chapter, of course, is the initiation we were just talking about. And, you know, as I alluded to, something like this uh, for a father, and I think it's been happening for you, too. I can't help but enter into nostalgia and I automatically reminisce. And so I look back to where all of this began. And that, of course, was the day you were born. And I don't know if I've ever shared this little insight with you, Ellie, but just a little peek behind the curtain when you were born and I held you for the first time. But I just remember looking at this this beautiful little girl and feeling all of the awe, uh, drinking in the moment. And the part I've never really told you, I don't think, is also terror. <laughs> and it really is one thing. I was raised in a family of all boys. And as a father, I felt like I had some footing for being a father to boys. Being a boy myself, being around them, you know, two younger brothers in the house that I grew up in, that's what I knew. And then all of a sudden, God gave me this beautiful little girl. And I thought to myself, I don't know. (laughs) And so that was the start of my years of being a student of you. And we will we will talk about that because you're going to unpack your story, but mine uh, is woven into that. Yeah. So we're actually going to unpack both of our stories together. But those are the bookends, right? Here, young woman getting ready to go off to college and start a nursing career, about to be initiated in a week, and the beginning of our journey as father and daughter together was in that moment that I'm holding you in pure awe and complete terror all at the same time. And that is, that is how it began. So you've been doing some reminiscing, um, looking back and I know that, uh, your work, uh, as you've kind of walked through this with God has been, uh, leading you to identify some, some major themes about your years growing up, major themes about what has unfolded for you down the stretch here in this final year. Um, But just kind of lighthearted moments um, as you reminisce, as you look back, what are some things you remember in your, in your early childhood? Uh, I loved playing like restaurant with you. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things. Um, I remember I would, I would play with you and I had this vision Things had to be how they were. And you always played silly. And I would give you <laughs> your like glass of orange juice or whatever you ordered. Mm-hmm. And you'd like chug it down and like throw it across the room. <laughs> and I was so upset because I was like, you're messing it up. Like, <laughs> I have this plan and you're ruining it. <laughs> it always made me so upset. But it was it also secretly made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't admit it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So you were annoyed and having fun all at the same time. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, that's that is that's good fathering, honey. That's just what that is. Oh, so man. you know, that's just how it goes. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so um, how about daddy daughter dances? Oh, those? those are sweet. The twirly oh, dresses. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I have so many pictures. I have this one hanging up in my room, and I like loved um, like doing this one pose for like. A couple years of my life until I outgrew it. Where like I wanted to look like a princess and I'd be like, mm-hmm. I don't know, no one mm-hmm. can see it, but mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe they can imagine it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I have that picture of me doing that, like right up against your shoulder and you're yeah. holding me right in your chest. And I always got you a little wrist corsage. Right. To put on. Which was, you did get me at prom, so it came full circle. It did. It came full circle when you went to prom. Um, how about your whirlwind moments of creativity? Oh, the, the the mess. The end result would be um, epic messes <laughs> in your room, but pretty cool things always came out of it. Do you remember remember some of the things you like to do? The one I specifically remember is I made this like a uh, poster that said my life is not complete without tape. And then I stuck this little roll of tape. Like, you know, when you make a tape roll to like stick something on the wall? Yeah. So I made that roll of tape and I color penciled its own box for it and stuck it there like it was like its display. And I hung it proudly on my room (laughs) wall and I was like, yes, this this is what I, I, my life is not complete without tape. (laughs) Right. And I think that just about says everything. Like I... Tape, paint, colored pencil. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to mess things yeah. up and create things. You did. You did. <laughs> and once you got going, just get out of your way. Cause, yes. Because the creative process was, well, it was a tornado. Yeah. And then we dealt with the aftermath on a regular basis. Right. Um, but, right. But Piles I have, of toys. I have yeah. really fond memories of yeah. all of that. Right. Um, I remember key moments, uh, things like you learning to ride a bike. Oh, which man. was a fascinating experience looking back because I think it was a pivotal moment in my um, journey of being a student of you. Um, you remember, what do you remember about that? Um, my biggest memory is hiding under your bed. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I don't remember much, but I just remember... Feeling like this is the worst. There is no way I'm getting on that bike. Mm-hmm. I the whole world is against me right now, and I need to hide. So I went <laughs> under the bed, and I was like, "I'm not talking to anyone. They can't have me." Yeah. Nope. <laughs> and so you did. You hid, and that and and that's that's the key thing. You were very afraid. Very, right. Right. Well, you're gonna tell me to get. Look at a bike. Why do you think it <laughs> works the way that it does? It doesn't make sense. It's mm. two wheels. Yes. Yes. Upright, like, and so that's the point. <laughs> we had we had a rather long saga of entering into that fear, overcoming that fear, yeah, and uh, just one step at a time. And I eventually did get you to sit on the bike with the promise that I would hold the seat. That was Empire. that was that was enough, which I did. I did for a while, right? For a second, but you were not happy. No, no, no! I didn't let go right away. No, okay, no, no! I, I held it for Maybe I, I held it for several times. Held it for several times. Okay. You weren't happy, but you were doing it anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. And then we finally got to the point where it was it was just time. It was time to take the leap. Right. And so I explained that to you. That I know you're afraid, but the time has come for me to let go. And you started you just started bawling. It just just a whirlwind of emotion, which this is the theme that we're going to come to yeah. here. You just had a whirlwind of emotion. And I kind of made you go anyway. And so you started pedaling and you were just really unhappy. And I was holding the seat and we were running along and you started pedaling and you were just really, really just unhappy. And I did let go of the seat and you're still unhappy and you're pedaling along, <laughs> pedaling along. And then I finally holler. I said, Ellie, I've let go. And all of a sudden, all the emotion went 180 and you were just in heaven, just over the moon with joy that you were riding that bike that you I had, had done defied it. gravity itself <laughs> but the biggest it did thing, not add up to me but but the, but the biggest thing um, <laughs> that was a key theme that would just be an important part of my being a student of my daughter yeah. was that emotional ride that we went through on that um, something I didn't understand then and would take me years to appreciate and understand something we'll get to here in a little bit but i i remember that as one key installment in uh, my education yeah right there of you um you uh you love music right (laughs) so you have become actually quite an accomplished musician started with <clears throat> if I remember right, I think your first instrument was the piano, right? Yeah. Did we? Okay, I, I was. I if, was. Uh, if there were others, they they're not important. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I couldn't remember if you had had um, something like a recorder or something in school before you. Started. That was after piano. Yeah. Okay. And that That's, lasted as short as possible. Yeah. Record, <laughs> recorders are annoying. Oh. But yeah. So you you fell in love with piano. Yes. And that eventually led to your junior high and high school years playing clarinet, yep. which you became very accomplished at. Yeah. And you are quite the musician now. And I know that that's, that's going to be something you continue to pursue uh, yeah. going on. So Going so. back to piano. It's yep. a good time. Yep. So all of those things are just part of what I've been looking back on and reminiscing. And there are, there are some other really key moments. One that I have really enjoyed thinking back on is what was the start of your initiation journey, which, um, you know, again, I think I'm pretty sure Ben and I had discussed this, but it starts for us at uh, around age nine with baptism. And how much of that do you remember? Yeah, I I remember a good amount. Um, I, my biggest memory I might be spoiling if this is what you're thinking of, but <laughs> um, my biggest memory is just a lot of joy. and Yeah, and um, that's what I want to talk about. Yes. Do you remember what you did? Yes, after I was baptized, I got out of the pool and jumped back in. You did. So I was like, this is exciting, and everyone needs to see a cannonball right now. <laughs> very me. Totally unscripted and very you. Yes. Right? As you, again... Emotions are 
going to be a big theme that uh, <laughs> that starts to surface as we as we go on yeah. here. Um, yeah. And that was that was a moment of unfiltered joy, and yeah. it was really cool. really cool. And that is how your initiation journey officially began in right. that moment. So that's that's a huge memory for me. You have been looking back and in doing that kind of start to pull together uh, things that I think you had known, but now you see much more clearly about how God has been working over these years. Um, And I think there's, there's a lot to, to look back on and reminisce and take in and understand over the first nine years for sure. Um, And the last year, Mm -hmm. learn this with your brother, is really, really significant. And to understand initiation, what it is, is a long intentional journey of training and preparing a child for the day of adulthood when they are living in deeply rooted in uh, and very aware of their identity as a beloved son or daughter of God, right? And so if you kind of picture the beginning and end of that, a child comes into this world looking to their parents for their sense of well-being, for questions of identity, right? Am I loved? Do I belong? Do I get this love without having to prove anything, right? That's the design. They come into this world looking at that, looking to their parents for that. Um, the intentionality of initiation recognizes that uh, there needs to be a process to prepare for a final handoff when, as an adult, that child is then given back to God as their primary sense of well-being and identity. So all that to say, you know, I, I wonder with that backdrop, what comes to mind for you to share as you have looked back? I think it's, I thought it was supposed to be more linear. <laughs> right. Um, however, it's not necessarily like I was super dependent on you and then eventually I became less dependent on you and then I was on my own. It was not like that at all. Right. Um, it was more of a super dependent on you um, and then with wounding and unforeseen misunderstanding, became less dependent on you and the people around me. And then slowly, I think especially in the past couple of weeks and month or so, it's been a lot of healing and kind of reeling some of that back in and healing that community, even if it's just with close family, um, right. has really been where some of the finishing touches these past couple of days have been. I, I love how you recognize that this has not been a linear thing for you. <laughs> no. So unpack a little bit more um, the uh, just the first nine years of your initiation. Just what was what was the trajectory? What were some of the key experiences? Um, things that proved to be pivotal for you. One of my first memories of kind of t- 
taking what I grew up with and what I was taught as my own, we were at church and I remember feeling really nervous for my surgery that was happening. And I, I remember having to take the time to think about how I could trust God and trust God's presence in my surgery and the nervousness that I felt for it. And yeah, I remember that feeling of being a really good moment of peace. It was really simple and it was very, but I was, I was really young and it was really meaningful. Right. Um, right. But I, I remember that was kind of like my, one of my first experiences kind of getting into things less from a child perspective and more from like, okay, this is, this is my own now. Right. So it, it right. started with simple things like church and, um, well, and some really big moments, right? right I mean, yeah, facing surgery some, for a young, young girl. Right. I mean, that was understandably a very right. frightening thing. Even if it, it wasn't in reality a super frightening thing, it was something that had kind of been a, um, a weight that I carried, like, wear your brace so you don't have to get surgery. You know, yeah. I never wanted For to get For years, right? Yeah, I mean, it was just a fear of mine. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I do remember that's some of the first experiences where I was able to really rely on God in the fear that I had. Um, right. So it was a really beautiful time for me. Um, I also remember... Um, going to church and um, kind of starting starting Bible studies with Sarah. A little cameo for you, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah is your best friend, right? Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of. Because yeah, I of. might have other best friends listening to this. You can have more than one best friend. <laughs> um, Sarah, Sarah has been a friend since you were just a really little girl. Yes. Right. Yes. And you've, you've um, stayed close for years yeah. now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so I do remember some of the kind of introductions to something that I learned and understood and I definitely learned and understood it um however it was kind of introductions to squirehood of taking what was meaningful to me as a child and applying it to some really big problems for someone who hadn't experienced much life yet I, I remember starting bible studies with Sarah I did my my first study with her it was a 20 way 21 day study about um, uprooting lies and planning truth. It was a mm -hmm. beautiful study. Mm -hmm. um, really cool format. Um, mm -hmm. I even remember the first couple lies that I had to uproot were kind of miscellaneous lies. And then I eventually stuck with, I, as an eighth grader, was <clears throat> thinking, well, what if God isn't real? And I mm. had that lie because, you know, when you're, I have always very much cared about genuine things and mm -hmm. that's part of how I process things and part of how I think. Right. So as a young girl, I was like, you know, I see this lie. I see this thing that I don't understand yet. I'm going to understand it. So, um, I took my study to that and looking back on that, that was extremely mature <laughs> for yep. my age. Yep. Um, so that was really cool. And I love going back and looking at those, um, those stories yeah, that's and those been, journals. That's yeah. been a huge part of your reminiscing and a, and a theme right. began to emerge out of that. And so it, you, you had mentioned squirehood. So just to circle back, um, that's some terminology for, for our family. It's so the initiation journey, the way we lived into that as a family, mm -hmm. there were yep. three main parts and we 
used a reimagined uh, model of knighthood going back to medieval times. And it was something at the, at the time that um, we began this with your brother that I was in search of some kind of initiation model that I could turn and reimagine um, right. to help you guys visualize yes. what was going on, what this journey entailed, right? right? And so the three stages for a boy to reach knighthood in medieval times was pagehood, squirehood, leading to knighthood, right? And, uh-huh. right. Um, just to keep it really simple, um, the way we took um, what those stages were about for boys at that time and reapplied it was the important themes that went with each stage. And so for a page, it was about learning, yep. right? And so those early years are all about just being a student and learning the basics, learning the ideas, yep. learning the language, learning how to look for what makes them relevant, right? Um, leading to squirehood, which in a word is the age of responsibility, right? And so at the, at the dawn of the tween years, heading into the teen years, um, there is a, a, a growing transition to responsibility, right? And what's cool about what you're describing is that transition to responsibility is something that you took to beautifully. Right. It was really cool. Right. There were circumstances that fed that. I think that the battle with scoliosis and the surgery mm-hmm. was a huge catalyst for that. Right. You had a beautiful friendship with, with Sarah, and mm-hmm. you were able to kind of share um, that growth of responsibility together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sometimes I still wonder if my part of my like push to responsibility was actually like a good healthy desire for responsibility and sometimes I wonder if part of it was a feeling of like I needed to figure it out on my own yep. yeah and so that's part of the brokenness <laughs> which is something we're going to unpack here in just yeah. a minute right so there were there were some things that were really beautiful and good about that and it would take some years to discover um, some wounding yep. that was feeding that as well. That in more recent months, even, has uh, started to be recovered and healed. Right. Right. Um, so that that I think that points to one of the themes that I, I remember you talking about was the theme of intimacy with God. Right. That if you, oh, you look yes. back, you look back on your story, um, you are taking great joy in seeing um, a long story of ongoing intimacy between your Abba mm-hmm. and you. Right? Yeah. What what uh, what have you discovered? Oh, man. <laughs> um, for much of my life leading up till COVID, um, little nudges of intimacy were here and there. Not much that I remember, if I'm being honest. Um, but it really pushed over the edge when life slowed down. Um, and I had all this desire to like seek God and 
you know, really think about, like, what, what did he think about me? Like, what did he say about me? Um, I got into, um, a lot of resources to help me, like, I knew my identity, but I wanted to know my identity, you know? Um, I wanted to know it for myself, and I wanted to know that God spoke it over me, and I wanted to hear him speak it over me. Um, I remember I listened to a podcast, um, called Identity Theft. I remember listening to it, um, sitting on my bed, um, just, just on top of my bed, and right across from my bed, I have this, um, really cool painting that I painted, coming back to that other theme, um, around Easter time, and it says it is finished, um, and it has, like, the cross on it, um, and I put it up there, and that always had some meaning to me, because I was like, oh, yeah, it's Easter, Jesus, cross, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is amazing. I love it is finished, um, but Stacy in the podcast, she unpacks um, a little Stacey bit. Stacey Eldridge. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was <laughs> she gonna, unpacks I was a little bit yeah. about the language behind um, the time and how Jesus would have most likely spoken Aramaic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the term used is hala, I think. I think I'm saying that correctly. Yep. Um, and it is basically used as a term to reference, like, the bride completing the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, before, like, as soon as the 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 bride is welcomed into the family um the bride completes the family mm. so hala is like the finishing touch like the completion mm-hmm. the completion right. like the essential secret ingredient right um and i remember just like feeling very aware and um like my eyes were just opened to the fact that I mean we're more than just loved we're the hala of God like mm-hmm. we could be like the we are the finishing touch mm-hmm. <laughs> to his <laughs> creation yep. um yep. and it just says everything how yep. we spent it all on the cross yeah um and I I just found that so beautiful um and that was just the first experience of many of opening my eyes to God's love um, but yeah, now that poster, um, or that picture that I painted holds even more meaning. Cause when I was originally painting it, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't thinking hollow when I painted it. Um, but I painted it anyway. And then right. when I looked back with the more knowledge that I had, yeah. um, it now has been extremely meaningful to me and right. it's a reminder. It's right across from where I lay down for bed. Yep. So when I wake yep. up, I see it. When I go to sleep, I see it. Yeah. It's a beautiful reminder. And it doesn't, I didn't change it. I was contemplating changing to write Hala underneath or write Hala somewhere else. But I liked it kind of being my, like, I I see. I saw finished and I thought Hala. And I liked how it was unsaid. Yeah. So it kind of became a thing for you and God, right? And it's yes. just that it's, it's, a, it's a small piece of how you share intimacy right. with him. Right. Right. And that was one example. Um, another example is... I remember um, kind of meditating on God's love for me um, and 
um, I remembered the verse, um, Ephesians 3, um, I'm gonna just pick one verse here, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Mm. One of my favorite verses. Um, and that reminds me of the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. vast, it's large, and or you could even say space. That's another one. But that's a little too mind-boggling for me. I'll stick with the ocean. Um, <laughs> um, but I I remember looking up a video, um, just some random like infomercial graph video. I don't know. Um, and it was going through like a visual of the ocean and how big it is and just showing you with visuals um, and like different animated photos of like how like big the ocean really is um and at the end um and it like goes all the way down to the mariana trench um Mm -hmm. at the end it's um it says and scientists have only discovered three to four percent of these oceans and i was like (laughs) hmm let me read the next verse um Mm -hmm. may you experience the love of christ though it is too great to understand fully (laughs) Mm -hmm. then you will be made complete all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Mm-hmm. So we acknowledge these large, vast oceans. And <laughs> like I acknowledged that and I was like, that's really cool. Um, like God loves me a lot more than I could ever imagine. And it was always just an inside joke because it's like, even when I think I'm understanding the depths of his love and his character, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm at like three to four percent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sometimes so those were beautiful moments of intimacy because I would be within a moment of kind of meditating on his love for me yeah. and letting it soak in, and then you kind of nudge me and be like five percent. <laughs> like <laughs> just it was always a little inside joke because it's like it. It just always reminded me that it, it took it took what I thought was so big and made it bigger, yeah, like yeah. times millions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a reminder of intimacy. Um, and I, I love how you're using that imagery of the ocean because it's going to be a really good segue. Real quick though, um, <laughs> so you said that this really started for you during COVID. So right. kind of um, well, beginning of your junior year, yeah. <clears throat> right? Late sophomore early junior year, right? So I would agree that those months were a huge turning point for you. I could see your roots starting to grow very, very deep in in your intimacy with God. Um, And and, uh, the story of that actually goes back to what you were describing a moment ago, where um, in your early years of squirehood and in confronting the fear that you had around surgery and entering into those cool moments with your friend and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So this story of intimacy with God actually goes way, way back for you. Um, yeah. So, you know, when I look back on your initiation journey, this is something that actually you have had really a, a very, very awesome understanding of um, for a right. long time, right? Your 
rootedness in your belovedness, foundationally. If there is nothing else you get from me in this initiation journey, Mm -hmm. I want so I will I will die tomorrow for you guys to understand <laughs> belovedness. Right. Yeah. It is it is the key foundational idea. Yes. And another way we might put it is this is the good news that you are loved, you belong, and you, you have nothing to prove. prove. <laughs> and you have been on a really, really inspiring journey from a young girl to now a young woman who's very deeply rooted in that. Very. Yes. And so I love that you have been able to look back on your story and see where that began to take root for you um, in those middle school years and where it really began to blossom was over those COVID months. And there's so many more I could talk about, but yeah, we don't have enough time. Well, <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. We have other cool things to talk about, which I want to come back now. Um, I think this is a good segue into the other big theme you've noticed. Um, and going back to the ocean, um, your grandparents um, have now for several years gone to Florida for a couple months in the winter, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so for years, they have invited us to come down, but only in the last couple have we been able to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And so we have gone down there and um, there has been something actually really, really cool that you have observed that is just it comes right out of this theme of intimacy. Yeah. Where we're Mm -hmm. sitting. um, So the first year we went. We're sitting on the beach, right? Um, it's uh, Destin, Florida, so it's the panhandle, the Gulf, right? Um, and you're sitting on the beach, and there's a pretty cute little critter that you noticed. Yes. Um, we're sitting on the beach, and I'm looking at the ocean, and I'm trying to quiet down and just absorb what's in front of me although I feel overwhelmed because my thoughts are racing and I just I just feel out of it and I'm like oh there's I'm literally sitting in front of an ocean it's beautiful it's the middle of February I'm so lucky to be here why can't I just like quote unquote have a good quiet time like I just want to quiet my mind I hope some people can relate to that because (laughs) sometimes I think I'm going crazy but you know (laughs) um and out of the corner of my eye I love these birds so much. They're so cute. Um, little sandpipers. Um, they are tiny birds, but they have the fastest moving legs I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> it looks like a cartoon. They're, I right? think they're levitating. I don't know how long their feet are actually on the ground. They yeah. just get so much power from those little legs. So yeah. they're just... Doo, 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 doo. All right. I just have to say, so when you're done listening to this yeah. podcast, take a moment Look up Sandpiper on YouTube. Just enjoy. Just, right? yes. Yes, just Have, enjoy. Yeah. Please. Go ahead. Anyway, um, they move so fast and they go in and out of the water. And that was just kind of a little nudge of intimacy because it was like, God was just kind of like, you know, you're stressing too much. Like, just enjoy this with me, you know? So I'm enjoying these Sandpipers go by. Um, and that's that one year. And that was beautiful. And what I have to say for the next year... It doesn't take away from any of that. 
Um, it's mm-hmm. just more. <laughs> right. Um, so that's a beautiful experience. Um, and I'm sitting at a similar spot next the next year. Um, and I noticed this whole trip, I'm sitting on the beach and I like, I see sandpipers a couple times. And when I do, I'm like, yes, I'm the biggest <laughs> fan. And I like chase them down the beach. Um, but I didn't see them as much as I wanted to. I was like, why aren't they coming around? Mm-hmm. Like, give me sandpipers. Mm-hmm. I was like sitting there like, I want sandpipers. Give me sandpipers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like down at the other half of the beach. Like it's not happening. Um, but I do notice this, these seagulls. Now I, I usually don't like seagulls, um, as I'm sure most people don't. They're yeah. they're not really the nicest of birds. They're like a one step above pigeons, barely. <laughs> um, but these seagulls, they acted a little differently. Um, they weren't squawking all over the place. Um, this one seagull was just standing in the waves and letting it wash over its feet. Yeah, continually and just looking around, very peaceful. Um, very different than the sandpipers. Mm-hmm. Sandpipers will move into the water when the waves cut back, mm-hmm. poke for their food, and then mm-hmm. run back. Yep. Before the water gets them. Right. They're so little; they're scared of getting washed up, and yep. then they won't. They'll flip over, and they won't be able to flip themselves back up. Um, so they run from the water. But the seagull doesn't care about the water. Doesn't mind the water washing over its feet, like totally unfazed. Yep. And I wrote a little something about this. Yep. I, I wrote like a little journal entry type thing, um, and I have it saved. Um, but I wrote about how you know God was kind of showing me that part of the way I'd been growing in the past year is noticing that you know there's so much grace and power to growing from a sandpiper that's scared of her emotions that's scared of the low parts that's scared of things not working out or not being good enough and um Mm -hmm. me years ago would run from the waves Mm -hmm. and i could tell because of (laughs) how i interacted when the sandpipers came (laughs) i was overwhelmed and unfazed by my thoughts yep and just by me not being happy or perfect all the time and um then i over the past year i faced a lot of emotional distress a lot of doubt just i i was unsettled and things weren't perfect i think i set a lot of my really beautiful aha moments of intimacy with God as the standard. Um, And I thought, okay, this is how it should be all the time. Mm -hmm. If I'm in this place where everything feels right and I've maybe got like 3%, (laughs) um, going back to that old joke, um, then I can be at peace with Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. God is at peace with me and Mm -hmm. all is fine. But my senior year, because this was... This was my senior year, February. So my Mm -hmm. fall senior year, I remember nothing was settled. It was very emotional for me. And I don't remember exactly what the circumstances were that caused it to be that way. I think it was just how God was leading me to open up my emotions more Mm -hmm. and let myself face them and face the doubt as it was. Mm -hmm. 
I remember some of the valuable things that I learned is Mm -hmm. how valuable it is to hang on to these simple truths of God's goodness, love for me, my belovedness, Mm -hmm. and his closeness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I wake up in the morning and say those truths. And even though throughout the day, I still felt anxious, I still felt unresolved, I would look back after weeks of dealing with this stuff and think, I feel so much stronger. Mm-hmm. And God mm-hmm. really was close. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even though I didn't feel him, like I, I feel his closeness in a different way. Mm-hmm. That it's not always meant to be... Um, this amazing eye-opening moment and sometimes it is and those are amazing moments to celebrate for Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. but sometimes fog comes Mm -hmm. sometimes things aren't clear Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. i get so unsettled about it because i immediately think that that's that's because there's something wrong with me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm very quick to jump to there Mm -hmm. so um it took me a lot of time and it's honestly something i'm still working through to this day because it's a very hard thing um yeah but I, I learned that I don't, that, that, that perfection, that standard that I hold for myself, it actually isn't where God fathers me the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That the imperfection, the seasons of doubt and angst and uncertainty, I look back on them and I take so much, like, just rich gratitude for God's steadfast and I steadfastness and I realize how through hanging on to him in some of the most simple ways whether mm-hmm. it's just calling out to him throughout my day mm-hmm. even if it's like Jesus please mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm anxious right now like I, at that point I think I was struggling with college applications like it was the time yep <laughs> um, yep. yep so yeah. I, as I looked back, I I started to learn that appreciation for that imperfection. And I'm definitely still learning the appreciation for that imperfection. (laughs) You are, but this, this has been coming back to what I was saying about the final year, just being a hugely important time. Right. And I think, um, I think it's it's not just what you described as the the things that you are now learning and understanding and seeing mm-hmm. within that there has also been uh, a lot of redemption and healing um, around your emotional life right. right right so one of the themes of your story mm-hmm. is big emotions right <laughs> yes so for those that don't know you you're not a big person right you never have been you've always yeah. been really tiny your emotional life never has been tiny no never <laughs> ever right and when i talk about being a student of you one of the one of the things that i have been on an epic journey on with you is understanding that emotional life, right? 
And I think in this last year, um, it has been just immeasurably beautiful what God has been doing for you. Um, But it's something that you have also invited me into. Because what, what had been lingering, what had not been identified until this past year, was the impact of some wounding from a father who did not understand that emotional life. Ever since I was a little girl, um, the focus had always been fix them, fix the emotions, stop crying, like you're overreacting, et cetera. We need yeah. to fix these emotions. Those right. are some of my weaker moments. I don't think right. it was. Not I don't all think the time. it was always Sorry. like that. But but the the mentality was fix right. right. Something something has you upset. Let's find out what's making you upset and fix it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was actually often very confusing for me because it was all I knew to do. And in moving toward that. Often, I would make things worse. Yes. And it took me years. (laughs) It took me years. Frankly, until even in this last year, for me to to really start to understand what was happening. So do you remember remember the key moment that you offered? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to miss some of the wounding, though. Um, I think we covered most of it, but... Going back to, like, yeah, it was always fix it. And I think my response to that was often um, it started out as kind of reaching for this dependence that you and mom didn't have because I really needed to be reaching for God. Um, Right, right. Because he could really give me that dependence in my deep emotional points. Mm -hmm. However, um, I didn't know how to bring them to him because I think I still felt shame about them. Right. So all I knew was, um, like, yeah, I get it. I'm not supposed to be upset right now. Like real mature person doesn't get upset like this, but I just, I need to let it out and you guys couldn't take it. Um, Mm -hmm. so eventually got to the point where I had to face it on my own. Right. And that's where a lot of the isolation began. Right. Right. Kind of my comfort, my resort for many years, and something that is easy for me to come back to is okay, I need to put this down and face it on my own. Right. Like I can go hide over there and figure it out by myself now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's some of the wounding that we've had to recover. That led to some very painful things. Yes. Um, isolation was definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and open door to shame mm-hmm. was another one that um, yep. it, it went misunderstood for years, right. for years. Right. And I always felt repelled by my emotions. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. And so it kind of started this civil war, right, where mm-hmm. you would feel these things and shame would compel you to isolate and then try to distance yourself 
from right. from your emotion. Right, and right. that is a lot of the times when I get in my really low places. Yes. Um, shame would get me down Yes. really hard. And so here in this final year, as yes. you are kind of going through these really important um, experiences with God as he's doing his work to bring together the previous nine years in preparation for kind of finishing this journey that we're on, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I think there was a really, really pivotal moment that happened, um, and it was New Year's Eve. Yes. That led to a conversation that we had New yes. Year's Day. Yeah, and I'll tell said? you. Yeah, and I'll tell you a little bit about what I, how I felt leading up to that because it was actually really adding to our intimacy theme, a beautiful moment of intimacy. Because I had recognized I, I was starting to heal my emotional life with God first. Right. And I recognized how He responded to my emotions. It was a very tender. And I always felt safe with them and processed. And then I thought, you know, that doesn't match with how I feel about sharing my emotions with my dad. And it took me time to process that. And it got me in a place where I was healthy enough to approach you in a um, respectful and dignified way. Like saying, you know, I, I, I don't think I was ever really treated the way I was supposed to. I think my emotions got short-sighted a little bit and it it was it kick-started a lot of healing for us yeah that's putting it mildly yes (laughs) Um, and it was an incredible moment Uh of courage shown in your vulnerability yes so for me uh i look back at that moment and that is when i knew the initiation journey we'd been on had come full circle. Yeah. I knew in that moment because that is something a young woman does. Yeah. To step into that with it the a big awareness. For me. Yeah. It was to step into that with the awareness that you had, the gentleness you had in coming to me. There was not condemnation in your voice. Mm-hmm. Um Yet you were telling the truth, yeah. and and you in your vulnerability opened up, um, opened up pathways to healing for us. Right. And I realized in that moment that I had been missing your heart for years. I had been, and so that was a uh, a moment that forever changed my life as a student of you. Yes. And in entering into that, then. I have now been on a crash course of receiving that part of you very, very differently, right? Yep. And it's still not always the easiest thing for me to do. Um, You have a very big emotional life. Uh, To be be clear, I do too. Right. I think the way that we connect with our emotional life is different. Yeah. Um, and so I still have a lot to learn in studying my daughter. I still do. Yeah. Um, what I still have I, a lot to learn about myself. You do. <laughs> and what we are learning together is the importance of fighting for your heart with the truth that the 
big emotional life that you experience right. is a gift to be celebrated, right. not a problem to be fixed. Yes, yes. And a saying that I found myself saying the past couple of days is as I look back on my story, as I look back on some of my experiences and sometimes the messiness that I feel like my mind and my emotions are, I think it isn't perfect, but it's good. Yes. And that's really hard for me. Say that again. It isn't perfect. It wasn't perfect, but it's good. It's good. And that's, I'm saying that and I'm like, oh, (laughs) because I still have that instinct that's like, I don't think I should get rid of that. Um, But there's still that part of me that kind of leads towards like, I don't want anything to ever go wrong. (laughs) And I want to feel this feeling of serene happiness forever. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not going to grow that way. Right. (laughs) And it's not my reality. Maybe years from now when I pass on, float away. (laughs) 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 Maybe finally then. (laughs) But not right now. (laughs) It's just, yeah, it's just not the reality of this world, right? Right. And so things are coming full circle for you. Right. Right. And it's, it's more, it's beautiful that way because really I've been reading the Psalms for much of it's kind of the book that has taken me the longest but I've gone through slowly little bit by little bit and the Psalms are something that I find is a great way to read and express my emotions I love Psalms because many times it's David um is writing his deep profound emotions and they're not just like god I'm sad they're like God, I am, I, I have tears for my food and my like bones are aching. And he's, he's very descriptive, um, (laughs) but it is a beautiful expression of his profound emotions. Yes. And it is part of the beauty of what's been recovered for you is you can now sit with David's expressions, highly, deeply emotional expressions in the Psalms. Yes. Right. And you can see yourself in that, right? Yeah. And uh, many times in the Psalms, David describes his emotional life and comes back to the truth of God's sovereignty. And also, I think he says unfailing love hundreds of times yeah. <laughs> there's so we'll, unfailing love in almost every single psalm that so he writes we'll, yes it is. so we're going to come back i know that yeah, you've recently read more. psalm 42 and i think there's something else that you have grown to appreciate mm-hmm. um, as you look back in those seasons those prolonged seasons of your dad your mom missing your heart mm-hmm. not really understanding how to come alongside you in your big emotional life. Yep. God was meeting you there, right? And this yes. ties back to this theme of intimacy that has been nurtured and that you've been entering into. And it's just a really beautiful, beautiful thing for a father to, to see for his right. daughter. Um, but you weren't without some capacity for connecting with us. Um, right. And your, your creative bent actually took you to music, right? 
Right. How did how did that play out? Right. After we had our conversation, I shared a song that I that meant a lot to me that I've been listening pretty much on repeat for that season of my life because um, I was just trying to process my emotions and it's like how how can I process these complicated feelings and this this fog around me while also still holding on to the truth of my belovedness and God's goodness mm-hmm. and the song that I thought of is Comes and Goes by Ali Page very mm-hmm. small Christian artist but mm-hmm. I like it that way um, and some of the lyrics let's see if I can remember them <laughs> Um, do, can I look love, them up? You can. I, I remember some. Love yeah. is not a feeling that, that comes, comes and goes. That comes and goes is, is a big right. one. Um, every single lyric is just so good that I want to yeah. <laughs> read some of them. But yeah. the song opens with, I could live out how I feel or I could trust in what you say. Mm-hmm. I could stay here all my life and never see a season change. It might not be tomorrow when I see the end draw near and I might not get my answer, the one I desperately want to hear. But I believe that peace is a person and love's not a feeling that comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see my heart, you know where it's broken. You're holding the pieces and you're making them whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I could find your voice somewhere inside when all I have to bring are questions. Show me how to see your side. Because at the time I was dealing with questions too because I was reading some parts of the Bible that I didn't understand and that was unresolved to me. And I was like feeling some doubt about how to understand God's goodness, but God worked through that and this song helped. (laughs) Um, um, I will hang on to your promise to keep me from drifting from the tide uh, or with the tide. The last lyrics, I'll just read them through. You're holding my heart like an anchor in strong winds, constant in the midst of the ebb and flow love's not a feeling that comes and goes. So yeah. we, we have enjoyed over the years. There's, there's been a lot of things that we've shared together. And one of my favorites is the music that yes. we shared over the years. I, I and when you music. shared that song with me, I listened to that and actually got tears in my eyes. Yeah. It's a beautiful song because we yeah. did share that on the other side of that pivotal new year's day. Right. And so those words, captured my daughter's heart um and i was immensely grateful for that it's a beautiful song it's a beautiful song it will play at some point when we're together on during your initiation um you want to twirl me around just like the daddy daughter dance (laughs) it will play it is a beautiful song so Uh, I want to I want to wrap up with you reading Psalm 42. Um, yes. But before we do that, um, let me just ask you again. Here we are, uh, days from your initiation. Ooh, exciting. I was going to ask, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? How's your heart? I'm I'm feeling a lot. A lot better. I think I was carrying a lot of angst about it for a while, um, because you know, it's something we've been preparing for for forever. Um, Ten years to be exact, but for well, actually, for my yours, life. well, yours yours actually goes a little longer because we started this with your brother, 
Oh, right. So true. your so your your journey just by osmosis <laughs> is three years longer than your brother's, right? Um, you you know we didn't we didn't actually take the first official steps until you were eight years right. old when we started true. your preparation, but. Um, you were five. I do remember. Yeah. I do remember some of the very earliest inklings of intimacy happened when I was about six. Um, I had this little journal that mom gave me and there are multiple like journal entries. Hi, established pieces of literature. (laughs) Um, (laughs) just writing of some like cherished daughter. And I I remember having little 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 tiny understandings yep. of who I was you did um, as a little as a little girl you you did um you did as much as I could understand but I, I think it was really sweet and mm-hmm. I think that kind of shows how a lot of that that childlike faith that Jesus talks mm-hmm. about is so crucial yep. because as kids it's so easy for us to understand like well yeah God loves me yep. of course he does yep. and when for sure. grown-ups we're like Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> yep. Yes, we talk about a ten-year journey. Um, yours, yours actually goes back a bit further. Um, yes. So here we are, um, 10, 11, 12, 13, whatever, whatever it actually is for you. We know that the official journey has been ten years. Mm-hmm. Here we are, days away. You're looking ahead, just a couple days to the moment that we have been dreaming about from the beginning. How are you feeling? How's your heart? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling grateful. And I think by reminiscing and going over this, it's helped me be able to see my initiation not as something that I'm earning, but more as a celebration of what has already happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's helped me a lot because by going back to this, I can see how beautiful my relationship with God is and how it's been so established and how he's been leading me. And I have so much confidence Mm -hmm. for my ability to be led and follow his leading. Mm -hmm. It's almost like that's, that's how I'm supposed to feel about (laughs) initiation. (laughs) Having confidence about, so, Hmm. Dots so are those, connecting here. <laughs> those, those listening cannot see the smile I'm having on my face right now from year to year. Me too. <laughs> um, that is a proud moment for me, your father, Ellie, to hear you say that. And to have gotten here, um, we've been on quite the journey. And it has not been the easiest and there have been a lot of rocky moments where yeah. I have not, I've not understood you. Right. I've not. Still, here we are. It was good. It was good. It was not perfect, but it was good. Mm-hmm. To be honest, my moments of failure have opened up the most powerful catalysts for change and for building our relationships of intimacy that we enjoy with one another. Um, We've been on a journey together. 
Yeah. And mm. we've grown together. And here, even in this final year, I'm still learning you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what you said about how your moments of imperfection opened up, like that's, that's kind of what God's kind of, it is what God's been teaching me about imperfection, how right. I'm so scared of it, but it brings so much beauty and, mm. um, it's not as scary as it looks. And there, a my, the more I am in awe of God's love and hand over my life and my relationships, the more I am at peace with imperfection. Yeah. That is really the summary of the journey that you've been on. And so why don't we finish with reading David pour out his imperfect oh, heart <laughs> yes. and his big emotion and just finish with that because yeah. David is you. David is me. And I just, I love this. I'd love to hear you just, just read Psalm 42 as we wrap it up. Okay. So Psalm 42, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, God. I thirst for you, God, the living God. Where can I go and stand before him? Day and night, I have only tears for food. While my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of great celebration. Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you, even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Miser, <laughs> I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O oh God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff, where is this God of yours? But why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Hmm. It's not perfect, but it's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Ellie, thank you for sharing this time with me. I have really been looking forward to this. This is this is really good. It has been a gift. Mm -hmm. And this is my chance to just love on you, Ellie. Your mother and I are so proud of you. I look back and I reminisce and I remember holding that little baby girl and feeling awe and terror. And now here I am, 
days before we have a seminal moment as a family where my baby girl has grown up and is now a woman. Well, a dad doesn't have words for the joy and the pride that he feels for a moment like that. We love you and yeah, thank you for sharing this moment with me. My pleasure. All right. Well, God bless God to, bless. <laughs> <laughs> to each of you. Um, and thank you for sharing in this conversation with me and my daughter. Um, it has it's been a real joy for me. I hope it has been a blessing for you. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yes, from all of us at The Intentional Dad, may God bless you and your family very, very much. Very richly. richly.